Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Faith to Heal Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in Studio B with the one and only, Pastor Nick Plummer. That's right. How you doing? Praise God. You know, we're here week in and week out doing the, the Gospel of Matthew right now. Um, if you're new, thank you for watching. I appreciate you. We put this out every week, almost without fail. I mean, for five years, I would say maybe three weeks we've missed, if that, right? Um, yeah, maybe. it's pretty good. Maybe, pretty right? constant. Pretty fifth, constant. Fifth year. I mean, some of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Five years. Yeah, we're actually, this is going to be our sixth year, really. I mean, we're in our fifth season still. but like Until the fall, yeah. We go from fall to fall. Right, but we ended our fifth year this last fall with the tour portion, because we were doing tour portions. And that ends at the end of the year. I think we've gone a year. And we strike. We've gone Matthew. exactly. We've gone over a year. year. Oh yeah. yeah! Wow. We're like a year and a half now. That's amazing. So we're in our sixth year actually of doing. Wow, our sixth year. Can you believe that? Man. So then, like in the seventh year, we rest. Yeah. <laughs> Now's not the time to rest. <laughs> hey, God rested. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, so if you're first time here, uh, please go ahead and like and subscribe, do all that good stuff so that you can see this. We only put out one video a week usually. Sometimes we'll put out two. Um, that usually is when we do an interview, we have a special guest or something like yeah, that here in town. And uh, we want to bring you a message from them as well, or at least let you hear their perspective. Right. Praise God. Um, and for the last four years, the first four years, I should say, we did the tour portions. So if you are interested in this week's tour portion or any tour portion, you can go back and listen to four years worth of commentary on each tour portion. So each tour portion will have four episodes dedicated just to that portion. However, for this last uh, year and a half, <laughs> it's been a long road, we've been studying the Gospel of Matthew in little increments, taking it step by step. Uh, through it, reading the verses, going through commentaries, and really enjoying it. So today, uh, we are in Matthew 24, verses 15 through 28. Wow, so I'm going to kick it off with the abomination of desolation. Matthew chapter 24, verses 15 through 19. That's what I'm going to read. Oh, wow, look at that. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Uh, and woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. All right, wow. So uh, verses 15 and 16 you just read there. When ye therefore see the abomination of desolation. Spoken wow. of where? By the prophet Daniel. So he's crediting Daniel the prophet. That's right. So the abomination of desolation that was spoken of by the prophet Daniel can be found in, I think it's two places, in Daniel 9.27. Uh, which is the first instant, it says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So that's the future. That's right. That's the future. Uh, yes. The future I, abomination. I believe Coming, so. Yeah. Right? And so the abomination of desolation is a prophecy and a future event <laughs> that will take place on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Ask me, how do we know this? 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 Thank you for asking. I don't praise God. <laughs> so an abomination of desolation has already taken place around 165 BC on the Temple Mount with Antiochus IV Epiphanes, who was a Syrian ruler. It says in Daniel 1131, oh, and this is the reason we know. 
and arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. This is how we know it's the Temple Mount. Why? Because where is the daily sacrifice done? That's right. In the temple. They take it away. So it was operating, and they took it away. That's right. Now, when Daniel is writing this, is there a temple standing in Jerusalem? No. No, there's not. So it's interesting that we today, in the prophetic circles, right, people that are looking forward towards the end times and what's coming, and, you know, obviously there's a lot of left turns that you can take and odd, you know, conspiracy theories you can go with the end times stuff. But we know that there will be a temple, and we know that it will be defiled. Something. Something to that effect. An altar or a building, a house. Good point. Or prayer of all nations. Good point. Some kind of a... Yes, something. There will be daily sacrifices again, and those daily sacrifices will be stopped. That's interesting. Because that's the context for the abomination of desolation. An abomination is placed on the altar, right? And then also, I believe the Apostle Paul says that the Antichrist will sit in the temple, claiming to be God. Yes. So that's a neat little prophecy that he kind of foresees. Which Antiochus did this too, right? He put up the statue of Zeus in the temple with his face on it. You know? Crazy. I think uh, let me see here. this is another thing. Like I, I don't hear this preached very often. The parallel between the, the Matthew twenty four verses fifteen through nineteen and the Hanukkah story. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't really hear that correlation being made very often. Um, but it's such an obvious correlation. I think maybe because the story of Hanukkah happens in the Book of Maccabees, which is an apocryphal book. Right. Not, it's not a canonized book, part of the 66 book canon. Anyways, you got something? Yeah, Second Thessalonians 2 4. Who's, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God? This is the son of perdition mm. in verse 3. Uh, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Mm. That's Second Thessalonians 2 3 and 4. Yeah. Right. And so that's Paul's understanding of what this is. Right? I mean, right. And so one of the things that we have to, to understand is that Daniel the prophet spoke it, and then it happened in the Hanukkah story. Yeah. Okay. And then Yeshua is saying it's going to happen again. That's good. Okay. Now, there are some folks that would say that this happened already with the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. But we know that that's not the case, right? We know that this will happen again. Right. Because the one that will be defiled, right, will be the Antichrist. And right. where is this Antichrist at that time? And where is the return of Yeshua at the end of that, right? Right. So there's a lot of pieces missing. So we're actually even looking at a type of Antichrist mm -hmm. through Antiochus Epiphany. So if you want to hit the bullet points about this particular character, Antiochus, as we look in the past, his... Correct. Lines. Well, because here's the thing. Even right now, like in the news right now, probably in the last couple of weeks, um, Ben Gavir, a member of Knesset in the Israeli parliament, part of the new government coalition that Benjamin Netanyahu put together after this last set of elections, the furthest you know, right-wing government they've ever had, supposedly. He went up to the Temple Mount and took a walk tour, right, which I've done three times, and there was no news about it, by the way. <laughs> and I've been there with Jewish people, and there was no news story about it. Um, but yet, because he's a member of Knesset, he goes up there and walks around the Temple Mount for 13 minutes, which it's a 35 acres, so 13 minutes, I mean, he, he was walking. I mean, he didn't stop. He kept his pace, it sounds like. Um, there was news stories about it because they know that in his mind, his ultimate goal is a temple on the Temple Mount, right? So there's controversy just over that. Now, imagine when they bring in the sacrifices, <laughs> How that's and all the work out. Oh man, you know it's funny. Like uh, Islam, they do sacrifices all the time. People don't know about it, but like on Eid, like um, I have people here locally that I know that take a bull and they go and they sa they they sacrifice it. You know, I mean it's something that happens right here in our in I, Brandon I have to go study that. in our town. So it's not that people are against the sacrifice, right? Because we all eat meat, and the sacrifice is just a way to slaughter an animal. It's that they don't want Jews doing it in the place where Jews should be doing it. That's right. that's the, the deal there. 
Well, that same spirit is the spirit that is here, because what is it that Antiochus did? Antiochus prohibited clean sacrifices on the altar. He prohibited honoring the Sabbath. He prohibited keeping the feasts. He prohibited circumcising of the males and the study of the Torah. So who entered his heart? Oh, Satan. Oh, Satan. Oh, Satan. To pull those things off. Wow. Lucifer. I know. 65 BC. 165 <laughs> years before Yeshua. Well, there's nothing new under the sun. And I, I just, you know, people want to say, like, how is this relevant for today? Well, just watch the news and you'll know that it's relevant for today. Mm-hmm. There is a spirit in this globalist agenda, right, that you can see the, the World Economic Forum, the UN, that because this guy walked, not prayed, right, no, nothing right. spectacular. Right. Tourists are allowed up there every day, all day. Right. I say all day. They close it down for, for Muslim prayer and all that uh, for portions of the day. But you're allowed to go freely. But because this guy went, it caused a huge controversy and world leaders all over the place are condemning it as you know part of israel's colonialism and apartheid and all this stuff and it just just remember this is foretold right we're not seeing anything new so what did he encourage so antiochus encouraged idolatry sacrificing of unclean animals and assimilation wow coexist so just recognize that those people that are against it this is their this is their crew right idolatry, unclean sacrifices, and assimilation. They want to ruin the Jewish identity, right? They want idolatry rather than the true worship of God. They're just, they're part of a whole other system. The Antichrist. The Hellenists. The hell. And and actually Antiochus sided with the the Hellenists, the Hellenist Jews, the Jewish Hellenists. He sided with them in order to accomplish this, not the religious Jews. Yeah, and I'll have so that's pretty corrupt. If you can, if you can put the abomination of desolation up on that temple now, you know that there were some serious Jewish Hellenists to allow that to happen, and then of course there was a rebuttal. Well, we we see it Jews. today. I mean, look, the the, the world is insane. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've seen that documentary by Matt Walsh. What is a woman? Have you seen that? Parts of it, yeah. yeah okay. It's insane. These people are PhD. Doctors, like we're talking like physicians that are doing surgeries on like youth. Yeah, I know. These people are wicked. Yeah, that's bad news. But these are supposed to be people that have taken an oath to like protect right. and like help, not harm. Harm. And it's like change biology. It's the same idea. So so I need to get some clarification on this next bullet point from you. It says Antiochus was a type of Antichrist. But the real Antichrist, who is the seed of Satan, will be responsible for the abomination of desolation in the future. On the Temple Mount. Yeah, that's going to go back to... Is that Genesis 3.15? Well, yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, matter of fact, if we go to... And I'll, I'll go back to that verse again, just so we can. And I'll go to Genesis 3.15. Okay, it's going to be second... Thess- Let me just write this down here. Uh, Antiochus was a type of Antichrist, but the real Antichrist, who was the seed of Satan, will be responsible for the abomination of desolation. In the future on the Temple Mount. Uh, I'm going to use, once, uh, we're going to read that again. Second Thessalonians. Chapter 2. Right. Chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Let me read that again. Now check this out. It says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So the Antichrist is going to be thrown on the lake of fire. So you're catching the son of perdition here. Yeah. And what is this word perdition? I mean, you know. Because I know that word, um, the falling away, is also translated as rebellion, right? Uh, yeah, this, the lawless one's son, the son of perdition. I mean, I guess you probably could develop it even more. I haven't really done that, to say the least. Yeah, uh, see, falling away, I have a note in my Bible that it's it's the Greek word also means rebellion. Right? So, okay, let's look at John seventeen twelve. Okay. I'm going to add that to this little... This is good. 
Yeah, let's look at this. John 17, 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. That's Judas. So in this case, the this son case of perdition is Judas. Judas. Yeah. And notice, what did he do? He betrayed the Christ. That's a big betrayal. <laughs> so, so once again, he was prophesied as the son of perdition. Um, mm. I want to just check out. It's uh, interesting. Yeah, I want to check out something here. Uh, so the seed of Satan, I want to give just a one quick context. I know most people know this already, but Genesis yeah, 3.15. 3.15 says, And I will put enmity. This is the curse. So remember, Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden, and God right. is laying down the curses. That's true. Okay? And this is one of them. It says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And so this is the curse on the serpent. Right. But it says that the serpent has seed. Right. So literally this being, this serpent, dragon, whatever this thing is. Yeah. Because it's supernatural. At yeah. some point it crawls on its belly. Yeah. And eats the dust of the earth. Right. Which man is from dust and to dust he shall return. Right. So there's, listen, there's there's all kinds of well, stuff. Well, someone said that the snake turns into a dragon so many men in Revelation the picture of the dragon because it's it's slithering on the ground dust is like man and he's eating up all the men right well in this word um, right 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 this word serpent um, can mean dragon or it can mean like you yeah, know I'm just saying this thing grows into a dragon from all the people he eats oof oof yuck I know I know I had a woman tell me that one time I thought I never thought about that so so then the Antichrist will be the seed of Satan. My question is, if he's the seed of Satan, then he's the descendant of a descendant of a descendant. That means the seed of Satan is walking the earth today? I tell you, I, I don't know what the percentage is of most uh, prophecy Or is this teachers. like when the angels came down, that's going to happen prophecy again? prophecy teachers, I don't know what the percentage, but most of them say that the Antichrist is alive and well and walking the earth right now. So I don't know if that's true or not, to think about it. I mean, there's a and lot There of are some horror flicks that deal with Damien. Yeah, 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 there's a lot of what Jewish people that think the Messiah is already here, ready to ready to roll. You know, there's a lot of crazy stuff. It's just waiting in the wings. I mean, go to the public records. Once you read the scriptures, and say, "Oh, Jesus is here. He's there." No, no, he's not. Yeah, yeah, no, he's not in Vegas. No, <laughs> that's Elvis. <laughs> yeah, no, Elvis is in Michigan. <laughs> you want to continue on? Yes, yes. All right, so it says, when the abomination of desolation takes place to flee into the mountains for those who live in Judea. Interesting, right? So if you're in Jerusalem, you want to get out of Dodge, you go to the mountains of Judea. Telling you the prophecy, specifically geographically for Judea. So this happened in the Hanukkah story, right? Right. Um, but I will mention that I spent some time in the mountains of Judea. And the ministry, uh, the ministry of Lars and Harriet Anderson... Um, is such that they're building a place in the mountains of Judea to build a model for other people to also build for people to come and to have a sustainable food supply and all of these things for when this thing happens and people have to flee to Judea. I thought that was interesting. Right. Talk about taking the scriptures literally and going to I'm do it. I'm telling you. Praise so, God. So what does it say there? So it says in Matthew 24, 15 through 21, that we can find... Um, I'm sorry, in Matthew 24, 15 through 21, we can find the Hanukkah story from long ago playing out again in Yeshua's Olivet Discourse. The heroes in the Hanukkah story started out with Mattathias and his five sons, referred to be the Maccabees. And they were from the Levitical family. From right, they the, were Levites. They were Greece. Levites, yeah. And so in Maccabees 2.28, it says, Thereupon he, referring to Mattathias, fled to the mountains with his sons, leaving behind in the city all there so Maccabees is the Apocrypha. It's part of the Apocryphal writings, correct? So it's in Maccabees 2.28. That's where we get that information. Right. So yeah, first Maccabees story. It's very interesting. And so verses 17 and 18, Let him which is on his housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him that is in the field return back to take his clothes. And so once again, the prophecy says that when the abomination of desolation happens, don't go back to get anything out of your house. It's, it's urgent. 
This is the same thing that took place in the Hanukkah story in 165 BC. Mattathias and his sons could not go back to their house and fled to the mountains, just like we just read in 1 Maccabees 2. And then it says, And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. This is Matthew 24, 19. It is hard to travel quickly when you have small children or a baby. Which I agree with this statement because I have traveled with children, small and large. And I got just one that runs off. You know, you, you got to make sure that you have all of them. And so you just, you find out the total number of children and then you just keep counting heads over and over and over again. And then as long as you have the proper number of heads and they're all the same heads, then you're good. So what a specific prophecy, you know, when you think about it. Um, what a specific prophecy. Yeah, geographically and all that. He's laying it out, isn't he? He's you know, right. why is he telling us these prophecies? To prove that he's God. That's right. All right, it's your turn. The Great Tribulation. You get to read Matthew 24, verses 20 through 22. I shall read. It says, But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no nor ever shall be. Except those days should be shortened, there should be, or there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Wow. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Mm. So still connected to the Hanukkah. Probably going to be in the winter. The Hanukkah story in the past took place in the winter time around Kislev 25 or December. Because remember, it was defiled on Kislev 25. Right. And three years to the day, they restored it. Rededicated. Rededicated it. A lot of Jews today in Jerusalem honor the Sabbath by just staying home and walking to their synagogue for Shabbat. So think about that. In the Hanukkah story of the past, the Greco-Syrian army attacked the resisting Israelites on the Sabbath. It says in 1 Maccabees 2.32, Many hurried out after them, and having caught up with them, camped opposite and prepared to attack them on the Sabbath. In 1 Maccabees chapter 2, verse 38, it goes on to say, So the officers and soldiers attacked them on Sabbath, on the Sabbath, and they died with their wives, their children, and their cattle, to the number of a thousand persons. What a tragedy. So after this terrible tragedy, the Israelites began to fight back, even if it was on the Sabbath day. So once again, uh, there is a historical significance of Hanukkah and a prophetic significance of Hanukkah. Because this is what we need to look at. It says, discuss briefly the historical and prophetic significance of the Hanukkah story and how it is relevant for today. So the Hanukkah story is going to play out again, and the Temple Mount is going to play a big part. So that's my little discussion the Hanukkah story is going to play out again, and the Temple Mount is going to play a big part. Mm. So I'm just wondering you know, how that's going to transpire. I think the Hanukkah story is relevant for today because of the parallels to Matthew 24. And if you learn the Hanukkah story, then maybe you can take the two. Right. Because it says right here, one of the key pieces is in verse 15 when we started. Because it says, you know, in the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, and then puts in parentheses, whoever reads, let him understand. He's like, wink, wink. Give me the answer to Abomination the desolation, wink, right. wink. In the winter. Hanukkah story, wink, wink. Yeah. It's coming again. You know, it's interesting. So there will be people honoring the Sabbath. Right. Okay, Matthew chapter 24, verse 21. For then shall be great tribulations, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Now, we know that back then, I mean, there's tribulation in Ukraine, but there was tribulation with Antiochus, but there's a future tribulation coming. The word tribulation is the Greek word philipsis, and it comes from uh, 2346 in the Greek, which means pressure, literally or figuratively. It means afflicted, anguish, burden, persecution, and just trouble. So that's a big word. Philipsis, and it comes from, you know, the word that means pressure, literally or figuratively, afflicted, anguish, burden, persecution, or trouble. That's pretty, pretty steep. Uh, the time of the siege and destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70 was horrible. 
But the vision Jesus paints will have an even more horrific fulfillment in the future. Yep. In Daniel 12.1 it says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. I think the Bible even talks about Jacob's trouble. It's in Isaiah. It does. I like Daniel chapter 12. I just think it's cool. Because right after what you just read, it says these words. It says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Man, what a promise. And I, I what a, a promise. I believe there's a cross-reference to that in Matthew. Oh, yeah, for sure. So read that again. It says, uh, so after, you know, and everyone who's found written in the book, right? And then it says, and, of, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. And this is, again, at the time Michael shall stand, right? Because Michael is the archangel, right? He's the, one of the, the head, like, defense angel, right? Like a battling angel. Anyways, so it says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So turning people to the righteousness of Christ... You know, it says here in Matthew 24, 22, And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Some suggest this means that if God's wrath were to continue unchecked against the wickedness of humanity, no one would survive the eventual destruction. That's right. Others see that as a reference to a cutting short of either the 70th the seventh week of Daniel 9.27, or the 42 months of Revelation 11.2. It is evident that the reference is not to the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70, since the unprecedented destruction described in Matthew 24.21 did not take place in 70. The elect includes all those who follow Christ during this period. So here's what's interesting. That's intensity. That you mentioned those who wow. follow Christ being the elect. Believers, Jews and non-Jews. Right. So I look at this and I think, okay, so if the elect, like if the days are being shortened for the elect's sake, then the elect are there during this process. Good point. Like you said, I mean, it says right here, there shall be great tribulation. Okay. And then lest those days shall be shortened, no flesh shall be saved, but for the elect's sake. So there are believers. Right. Christians, sons and daughters of God on the earth that were not raptured. I mean, does everybody understand that? <laughs> I do understand I've that. heard teachings where there's three raptures, different stages. Now, I don't want to get into all that. Yeah, no, I mean, no. I've never really studied it out or really listened to it fully, but I do believe in the rapture, the catching away of the saints when the Lord comes, but it's the timing, you know. It's like, okay. Yeah, we all disagree on the timing. That's the issue. So, but, I mean, here's what's funny. So, from last week's portion of Scripture in verse 14, when it talks about in the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come, right? I find it interesting because then I feel like what's being described here is the end. You know, because what were we told? We were told the end is when he appears, wouldn't it be? Well, and we were told that's what I'm thinking. We were told last week that, but he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. So you have to endure to the end. That's a good point. And then it says. That the elect will be part of these days, right? We're talking about a set of days for then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. I know. So, I mean, I get the impression that the elect are there towards this. However, maybe the shortening of the days is the rapture. Maybe that's how he shortens the days, specifically for the elect. Maybe they're caught up. I'll tell you, wouldn't that be nice? That would be great. That would be awesome. I mean, I say it would be great. I mean, obviously, I love the idea of escaping persecution uh, and being in the loving arms of my Savior. Well, did I tell you that I'm allergic to pain? 
Oh, yeah, me too. I'm allergic to pain. I'm with you, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, Ryan, what makes us so different is that we know that the promises of God are yes and amen. amen. And that the, it, it is about a people in the last days. So yeah. why not be us? You know? Right. Well, let, let's move on to, uh, to false Christ and false prophets. And I'm going to read that. Now he's going to throw in here, you know, that there's false Christ and false prophets. And I guess you could even include, if you look at the English Standard Version commentary, that there's even false teachings. So I'm going to read uh, Matthew 24, verses 23 through 28. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs <coughs> and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert. Go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers. Believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For who, oh, for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. What a high note to end on. Or the vultures. All. Eagles are prey too, but yeah, the vultures. Well, eagles are scavengers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know we all think so that they go after live so, prey. So but. he's telling you about what's going to happen after you know the, the great tribulation. They they should be shortened, but he's given this warning that there's going to be you know if you want to go ahead and expound on that. Yeah. So um, twenty three and twenty four. Then if uh, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs, false messiahs, and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. See, the false signs and wonders, those, those, you know, give me a little bit of like, that makes me uncomfortable. I know. Right? Because if you can show the signs of God, right, or what we would attribute to be the signs of God, call it healing giving sight to the blind, things like that. You know, or maybe those are reserved just for the Messiah. I don't know. But those things make me wonder. You know? What if, what if, this is something to think about. What if, in the midst of signs and wonders, their message is the law has been done away with? That would be the Antichrist. <laughs> now, I'm not going to get into it, but I just got a thought. Thank yeah. you, Holy Spirit. Sure. A little bit of a download. I'm not going to go there. But I do believe in Deuteronomy. It makes mention that if somebody comes along and does signs and wonders and leads you away from the Torah, they're false prophets. Mm. They're false. So I want to just share that. And Lars and Arson expounded on this with his personal experience with the Orthodox Jew. Mm. So if we have a Jesus and we're telling the Jewish people that he did signs and wonders, but we're no longer under the law, he's done away with that. It's a renewed covenant. There's no, there's no application for that now. Then based on the they're, word... They're not going to receive that Jesus. Then based on the word, that Jesus would be the false Christ. They're not going to receive that Jesus. But what if you say, Jesus did signs and wonders, he was the Torah, and he kept the Torah. Mm. That's the Jesus we serve, Ryan. He even brought it to a whole other level with his own rabbinical commentary. I'm just saying that now it makes perfect sense that why the Jews would not receive a Greek Jesus. Oh, for sure. I'm just saying. So we don't need a Greek Jesus if we're going to have Jews in our church. We need a Jewish Jesus. Amen. Jew well, we just need the Jesus that is the Jesus. I mean, he is Jesus. Yeah. Jew. We just need him. It's, he's king of the Jews. Yeah. He, you know, it's funny. Take I, that sign down. No. What I I made, I've made a comment because uh, I was talking with somebody one time. We were talking about Psalm 19 where it talks about, you know, the law of the Lord is great, restoring the soul, you know, the the commandments of the Lord are for, you know, giving wise, making wise the simple, all these things. And it's better than honey, right? Sweeter than honey and Precepts, more, statutes, more valuable than gold. Right. It's all in Psalm 19. Not 119. Oh, Psalm 19. Oh, right. 119 has like It does. Statutes, Psalm 119 takes it to a whole other Psalm level. Psalm 19. This is Psalm good. 19. But this is David, but just like a love letter to the Torah. Like it's so wonderful. Right. Exactly. And I'm so like, sweet. so this is King David saying this in the Psalms. So if he's saying this about the Torah now, like why would Jesus come and talk about the Torah as if like it's bondage? Because that's the impression that people get from Paul is that Paul is saying that the Torah is bondage. He was schizophrenic, yeah. 
No, no, he's just not saying that. It's not what he's saying. He's not keeping Torah. He's trying to give people a, a different understanding. The Torah is awesome, right? God gave it to us. Like, I mean, even in the Torah, it talks about like what people has such a great law as this. You know, these other people have these other crazy laws. We're warned. Anyway, so my point being that in I always make the joke that like because the comment that was made was like, well, you know, David's not like you know talking about the the Torah, the Jewish law, and I'm like, listen to me. Let's get there, something straight. There is no other Torah. He is the king of Judah. Look up the word Torah. Who, after seven years as king of Judah, unites all 12 tribes of Israel, right? Sets up his kingdom in Jerusalem. Right. The kings of Israel were required by law to write a copy and read it aloud to all the people of the entire Torah right. every year. And we're talking about a king of Judah. This is the Jewiest Jew that's ever Jewed. Right. And the only one that Jewed better than he did was Jesus. So it's like, yeah, who's a son of who? Yeah. David. What's the principles of Torah? Son of David. It shows you what sin is. It's teachings and instructions. <laughs> Sorry. And we look at the times we're living in, like defund the police and everything. That's crazy. Yeah. That's lawlessness. Yeah. Defund the police. I just, it frustrates me when people try to like de-Jew the Bible. Like they want to strip, whoa, well, you know, that's not that Jewish. They want to like, like pull away the Jewishness. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you, but like, Everybody, pretty much, that wrote this book, Jewish. Jesus, Jewish. Yeah. All of them, Jewish. The place, Israel. The city, it's Jerusalem. Full circle right. Now. The temple, the you know. Let's get some bullet points. I'm sorry, I get you know. I know. You worked up. This is something to think about. All right, where was I? Okay, so supernatural signs and wonders will have the appearance of coming from God, but that will actually be the work of Satan, Hasatan, yes, and his evil forces. Now, once again, the elect are those who follow Jesus and live for him. In the strongest concordance, the word elect is the Greek word eklektos. And it means chosen. Hey, the chosen. Let's bring it to light there, Mr. Jenkins. You know, I'm going tonight with my family oh. to see uh, episodes 7 and 8 of The Chosen. And you're going to finish it out. I'm going to finish out this season. Wow. And I'm going to know before you do. What I haven't watched the first I know you episode in season three because I'm savoring it. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> so funny how you do that. I know. It's I'm like, let's get it. You know, let's get it. You, you know, you know, you're gonna be waiting for a long time. Well, I just I'm so thankful for the opportunity to have something that is I would consider part of popular culture. That's good. I agree. You I know agree. what I'm saying? Like, I and I want to support it in any way that I can. So, like, if I could buy a ticket to the theater, you know, and give them some support. And they've got some more movies out, too, like like the Modern Day Jesus. Angel movie. Studios has put out some stuff. Like uh, I saw uh, I saw uh, a little trailer yeah. about the Jesus movement. Where, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he comes and the churches aren't really accepting of the hippies. And right, the right, right. Yeah, and I think Jonathan Rumi's the Jesus in that one. Yeah. Yeah. So verse 25 and 26 says, Behold, I have told you before, which sometimes I wonder if he says this like a parent says to their kids. Haven't I told you? Are you listening? And he says, Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. Now Jesus currently sits at the right hand of the Father and is not personally dwelling someplace on earth. <laughs> Or he can appear. Yes, you know, as a vision, he, sure can. he does to the Muslims. That's right. He's appearing, but yeah, he currently sits at the right hand of the Father. Acts seven fifty five and fifty six, Hebrews one three, Hebrews twelve two, and First Peter three twenty two. That is so awesome. I think the point you're making there is that Jesus will come to you at this point, at right. this stage. So if he's going to show, it's not like you could go gather another group of people and be like, "Come see Jesus. He's over here." It's not going to happen. That's no, it doesn't make sense. He specifically says it won't. Yeah, I mean, you know, signs and wonders is great, but to see his glory, we have to be honest. Yeah, but here's here's what he says. This is this is what he glory. says. He says this in verse twenty seven. For as lightning wow. <laughs> cometh out of the east <laughs> and shineth even unto the west. So also shall the coming of the Son of Man be lightning. Woo! No. Lightning. <laughs> not grease light. So the Messiah will not come secretly to a secret or select group and stay hidden from public view. Doesn't the sun come up from the east and go to the west? It sure does. So, that's kind of, so he's the son of God. Uh, see what you did there. But remember, the lightning was on Mount Sinai. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There were some astro there was some what do you call it, weather patterns going on there. Yeah. So what are we saying here? So the Messiah will not come secretly to a select group and stay hidden from public view. This is an important point. Rather, he will appear like a flash of lightning, suddenly and visible to all. So if you get invited to an MLM-style meeting to meet the Messiah before he decides to show himself to everybody else, be suspicious. <laughs> so it's interesting how, okay, so... Let's let's close it out with Matthew twenty four twenty eight because think about it. Now what? So okay. This, so you don't want to listen to these prophecies. You want to go against the Lord. You want to be deceived. So That's here it is. So wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together, or vultures. So I get it. I get this statement. I was asking. We were sitting at the table this morning over coffee, reading these verses, and I was like, "There's so many ways to take this verse." Like. Like, I mean, it just, it's not one of those ones he explains, right? But I think it's an idiomatic expression, meaning, like, people are going to run to these things, right? Because they're attracted to the, the hoopla or the, the dog and pony show or the circus, right? Or the, the, the bear riding the bike or, you know, whatever it is, you know? Um, and you don't want to go to the circus, because that's Jesus isn't putting on a three-ring circus for your entertainment, right? He's, he's coming because he's the ruler, right? Did we talk about that? He's the ruler, he is the ruler. right? He's the king, the king of kings, right? So in reference to the eagles, it seems best not to over-interpret. I got to tell you, anytime somebody tells me not to over-interpret something, it's like I kind of want to over-interpret it, you know? <laughs> Wow. It just makes me want to. I'm just thinking about these birds of prey. Yeah. So this striking proverbial expression, it probably means that simply, just as people from far away can see an eagle circling high in the air, Christ's return in judgment will be visible and predictable. See, I got something totally different. A similar view is that the eagle suggests the widespread death that will accompany the return of Christ to judge those who have rejected his kingdom. I also got something in either case, it will be impossible for people not to see and recognize the return of Christ. See, I was thinking that these false Christs are the carcass, and the people are flocking to it like vultures. Yeah. But it's dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, there's no right. point. Of course, you don't want that nasty stuff. It's been baking in the sun. It's all like bloated. No one right. junk. So, Revelation chapter 19, verses 17 and 18. Say this. It says, And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of the heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of, the, of horses, and of them that sit upon them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. You know, we could have left out verse 18. <laughs> but you know it's there so we gotta deal with it dealing with the carcasses revelation I was but trying to, to eating uh, the flesh you know he talks about eating his flesh and then he talks about right. eating the flesh of horse like we don't eat horse you know yeah. the word carcass like your carcass is gonna fall in the wilderness it's just such a judgment oh absolutely you know God exalts and God brings down I mean your carcass is gonna die you know some time ago quite a few months back I had this thought the Holy Spirit was like ministering to me and said Moses saw a lot of death oh yeah it's interesting we, we can see that even in this century there's been a lot of death you know yep I mean you stop and really think about it World War One, World War Two. you know Korean War Vietnam even right now in Ukraine they're estimating the Russian casualties are or soldiers killed is over 100,000, but who knows what number there are. And so, you know, you're seeing uh, a lot of death. COVID-19, a lot of death. What did he say? There'll be earthquakes in different places. There'll be pestilences. You know, there's there's the COVID-19. There's in, you know, this, these plagues. Then there's uh, 
um, I guess right now there's a famine in Somalia. People are just starving to death. He said there'll be famines, there'll be earthquakes in diverse places or divers places. So uh, a, a tsunami is an earthquake underwater. Yeah. The plates hit and creates that wave. 250,000 people died from that. Yeah. Now, but that's just the beginning. Of I'm SARS. just wondering. I mean, I, I did some little research, public records about. You know, they did a mo uh, movie about an American family or a British family that was there when that happened. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think, I think, I think my wife might have watched this. I don't know, but I'm not really into tragedies and stuff. But, <laughs> but I think. Um, as far as the, the increase in earthquakes, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but there are some pretty serious earthquakes going on. There was an earthquake when Yeshua died, you know, so so when we look at these signs There's a lot of, of people watching. Um, there's an island. Is it off the coast of Spain? It has a big volcano that's, like, ready to blow, but, like, if it blows, it could, like, really... They're saying Yellowstone could be one of those. You know, uh, I was For just sure. thinking about... I've seen that movie. <laughs> Something I had a thought. I'm sorry, I stole it from you with my interruptions. No, it was it was a thought about these last days, different things that are happening, things that are going on. Um, can't really think about it right now, but oh, oh, that's it, that's it. Yeah, some time ago, Perry Stone did a a little teaching about the birds of prey are increasing in Israel. Their flight patterns and their population is growing. Huh, interesting, yeah. So out in the Judean, out, out in the wilderness, these birds are migrating or doing something. They're, they're increasing uh, or something, birds of prey. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the wildlife is for sure. You know, it's like in, uh, I want to say that there was an active campaign in the United States to get rid of the wolves in the national parks. So they killed a bunch of wolves. They had hunters come in and basically decimated the population. But there started to be a lot of problems ecologically. And then they brought back the wolves and it kind of solved itself. And it's like, you know, there has to be somebody at the top of the food chain. You know, why did God create all the mammals and amphibians and all the things he did, all the little bugs? It's because he's a creator. Well, you know, let me Satan think created, well, Satan distorted something and it turned into a mosquito. I'm pretty sure of that. No, 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 Satan can't create anything. That's what I said. He distorted something. I think you could manipulate the DNA. Yeah. Remember, the, the magicians couldn't produce the, the gnats or whatever? Right. This is the finger of God. Yep. So what do you got for me? What two points did you get out of Matthew 24, verses 15 through 28? Number one, don't believe everyone who says they are the Messiah. Wow. Now, there's a big movement down in South America. Some guy down there claims he's the return of Christ. And it's like, no, you're not. I know. Yeah. It's like real. It's, yeah. it's weird because he's wearing like a leisure suit, you know, and you're like, yeah, that's not know. how I perceive this coming, you know? Yeah. Um, but to that point, we should be open to it being different than we expect. Because that's what happened to the Pharisees, right? Even when the evidence mounted up, right? Their cognitive dissonance didn't allow them to accept Yeshua's Messiah, and they even killed him. It's crazy. Number two, the second point I got was the watchmen have to keep watch, right? Yeshua says, if the watchman knew when the thief was going to come, he would have just had to go and watch then. But the watchman doesn't know, so he has to watch all through. Is that coming up in the next portion i don't know maybe but you're right it does tell us to really it is it is applicable to this well because we're keeping watch right i mean all of this is that's the actually, whole portion that's is the next, that's going to be in the next one is it really it is mm -hmm. yeah it's in the next one there you go but still you still have to watch that's right because you got to see that the, the, these things that are going to happen maybe i'll get that one in that you one have too. to watch like you just pointed out this guy down in south america yep that's great um uh, my this first one. Thousands of people are following this guy. I understand. But th this is what I mean. I want people to get the idea that it's not like this is not happening or this is some like French what about thing. Somebody, still happening today. What about someone claiming this rabbi is the Messiah, but he never claimed that? He never claimed all it. That. He never claimed people it. People claim that. The people are propaganda. So this is where we get, it gets to be convoluted. Yeah. Okay, uh, what two points did you get? I got number one. 
there will be another abomination of desolation on the Temple Mount. Good point. It's not the Dome of the Rock. Good point. Once again, there will be another abomination of desolation on the Temple Mount. Number two, watch out for false Christs, prophets, and teachers. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. That's what I like about the ESV, English Standard Version. You know, we have a policy around here of not bashing ministers or ministries. That know, is true. Because it's so easy. Oh, that's so true. There's so much low-hanging fruit out there. Oh, my gosh. Here's what I want to encourage you to oh. do. I want to encourage you to study the truth. Just like they have like uh, the FBI investigators and the bankers, they study the real currency. You want to study the real thing. And then you'll know when you're receiving a false message. It's that easy. Don't have to overcomplicate. And you know, if you have to go on YouTube and the internet to get messages all the all the time, yeah, you're probably missing out on your own your own faith. I watch construction videos on YouTube. Shout out to Stud Pack. <laughs> it's a father son team. You well, know, you can close this out in prayer. That's yeah. good. Father, thank you so much for for your son. Thank you, Yeshua, for giving us the keys to the kingdom. The the answers to the test, you know, we we don't deserve it, but you did it for us anyways. And so, Lord, we just ask that you'd help us be good stewards of the positions that you've given us in your kingdom, Lord, and we are looking forward to your return. Bo Yeshua Bo. Amen. 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 All right, guys, if you want to reach out to me, please uh, keep the conversation going. It doesn't have to stop here. You can uh, talk to us in the comments. And uh, if you are on the podcast platforms, make sure you share this onto your other social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. And uh, if you're on YouTube, you know, the comment section is great. You can also share it other places, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. It'll help us out tremendously. Anyways, other than that, bless you guys. Have a great week.